When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we're back with Talk or Go Home. Episode two. Episode two in the house of season two. Me, myself, and I, Brandon Farmer, with also my, what would you call you? My co-host? Is, am, I the, am I the, or are you the head dog? No, neither one. We're neither, co-hosts. Okay, we're co-hosts. Well, neither okay. one of us ah, are the I didn't know how head we would, dog. All right, I didn't know how we would. Yeah. You know. okay. I mean, we each have our different roles behind the scenes. Like, I guess we can talk about that in another episode, but. We do different things behind the scenes, but on air, right. we're, we're equals. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the Mr. Nick Wilson. Yeah. Look, quit <laughs> doing that to me. <laughs> quit doing that. <laughs> but anyway, so we did our first first episode back from yes. season two. So, now we've got somebody with us. Somebody very special. The one and only Kevin Moore. And now... I know everybody out there, all you Kevin Moore fans. Look, both of them. Look, <laughs> look. I know and Matt Sims is one of we, them. We we could have gotten Justin Bieber, we could have gotten Harry Styles, we could have we could have gotten Bo Jackson. Could we? We could have, but it took us so long, and we worked so hard to get Kevin Moore that we had to turn all those other people away so that we could book Kevin Moore for this podcast. That and there's a pandemic epidemic where nobody else wants to get out of the house, but. That's beside the point. Oh me! Yes. yes. So you went with Justin Bieber, huh? Well, he is called. He called. To, Justin it, called me. Is that was the first one to talk about? Yeah. Because see, Justin called me. You know, the last episode I said I'm writing a movie, and I'm thinking about Justin Bieber as one of the leads. And so he and I have been talking, uh, or I've been talking with his agent. Anyway, his agent called me and said, "Hey, he wants to be on the podcast." Right, we need to stop this pandemic now. All right, <laughs> just, just stop. Just stop. So anyway. For any of you wondering, no, none of that's true. I am writing a movie, but I'm not considering him to be in it. So don't even think that any of that was true. But anyway, Kevin, welcome to the show. Welcome yeah, to Talk or Go Home. Well, I've been told this is the best I've ever looked, so... Well, we're going to let everybody else judge judge <laughs> I, that. I think they might agree. So. Yeah, so we're going to let everybody... Uh, is, is the whole interview going to be speckled with these these jokes? That's up to you. It <laughs> <laughs> all depends on what you edit out. <laughs> Uh, so real quick, Kevin, if you don't mind, I'm going to just kind of introduce you and, uh, and then I'll let Brandon's got a question that he'll kind of start off with asking you and then, and then we'll kind of go from there with the, with the rest of the interview. But you graduated from Asheville High School in 1988. Uh, yes. Well, there, there's, uh, I walked the, the line that night. So, so yeah. So you don't know what my diploma is. I don't know where it's at now, but yes, I did graduate. According to the state of Alabama, yeah. you were an Asheville High School graduate, and you did that in 1988. You were in Asheville High School's band. You were actually the drum major. Yes. You were the drum major your senior year? Junior and senior. Junior and senior wow, year, so a two-year veteran. I had no idea. And you played the saxophone. You still play the saxophone. You are currently an employee at an iHeart Media radio station in Gaston, Alabama. That's correct. What are, what are those station identifications? Uh, News Talk 570, WAAX AM 570, and Z93.1, which is a soft 
classic hits. Well, the Kiss, Michael, Kiss, yeah. Michael Jackson, all the uh, all the good stuff. Billy Joel, yeah, yeah. Cool. Z ninety three point one. Emphasis on the point. Can, can I? <laughs> could I like you know that's that's kind of me auditioning to, yeah, to come do yeah. some voiceover yeah. work. Is that can we make that a happen? yeah we, yeah we can do that. So I could do some voiceover work for Z ninety three. Not replace me, but I, you know, I'm kind of. Well, I don't want to replace you. You're a staple in in Gadsden on on radio. Well, not a staple, more of a. Uh, thorn in somebody's side but uh well you know i mean we love our thorns in our sides Th- those are necessary so. right especially uh, the people in etiwa county sure I-, I shouldn't have said that i, I don't know <laughs> I, where are you going okay i feel yeah, like that's go. the first thing's going to be edited ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so but uh no you have a have a very very when it comes to media and entertainment and that kind of thing and especially music you have a very storied career and you still do. You play actually for the Alabama men's basketball and baseball programs. Uh, you play the national anthem. You've played at a lot of places for I've, a lot of famous people. I've played uh, almost uh, uh, the Birmingham Steel Dogs, Huntsville Stars, Birmingham Barons, Montgomery Biscuits, um, and of course now people say you just play Alabama stuff because you're not Alabama. Hey, I don't have the connections at Auburn and UAB. So if if I if I was ever asked to perform at one of those events, I would do that. Of course now. The drive's a little bit further to Lee County than it is Tuscaloosa, so of course, you know, I, I, I get to where now as I get older, I hate riding in the car. It's only two and a half hours. Yeah, so which is about it's about an hour and a half from here to Tuscaloosa, is about an hour and twenty minutes, something like that. So, but if that opportunity ever arose itself, I, you know, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say no. Get to get to play in the greatest basketball arena in the state, maybe. Well, right now, it's... <laughs> no, no, Coleman <laughs> Coliseum has definitely has a has a has a a more storied legacy than Auburn Arena uh, as of right now. But Coleman Coliseum, it's been around how long? Since the 80s, 70s, 70s 60s? Yeah, worst probably, I'd say, say probably 60s. early 60s. 60s, 60s yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, Asheville basketball has actually yeah. played in Coleman Coliseum yeah. before, and that was in the late 60s, early 70s. So, but, Brandon, did you have, uh, you have a question for our esteemed guest to, to kind of kick off this episode of talk or go home well yeah you know i know kevin's dad uh larry moore um everybody knows larry moore yeah and and, and him uh, he may kevin, not want it to be known public but anyway <laughs> his his dad and by what my dad tells me that uh his kevin's dad and my dad's dad which is my papa have junior. yes uh junior farmer have uh history together and um they've got some great Oh, I've, probably, I've never heard uh, any of them yet, but, I, but well, I'm sure I mean, there's... I, I don't... It would no, not surprise me, any story that i that I don't I've know heard. a bunch of them myself, but there's stories there to be told um, from them hanging out together uh, over the years. But, um, you know, I was going to ask Kevin, I mean, you're pretty much born and bred here in Asheville, oh, yeah, Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. uh, I, I was born... Of course, I was born, obviously, in Gaston at a hospital, but... But uh, I've been in Asheville my whole life, so yeah. When they brought me home from the hospital, was where where I grew up. So right, and 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 Larry has pretty much has been too. Yeah, he uh, now he grew up in uh, Greensport down there. Okay, um, yeah. Around uh, where Odom's Chapel, yeah, church. Um, uh, uh, not Methodist, but uh, Presbyterian Church. Yeah, he grew up about probably five hundred yards from there. So uh, okay, so basically, you know, we're all pretty much born and bred here. Here in Little Asheville, and, Alabama. Well, I, th- I think 
thank you for bringing that up and kind of steering us in this direction because this is kind of where I wanted to take this interview. And Kevin, in our pre-episode interview, I guess, is meeting, uh, you and I talked about that, about the main theme for this episode. And I think that it's, you know, talking about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, and that's growing up in small-town America, specifically mm-hmm. in the South. But you have a very different perspective on that. I can kind of relate to Brandon, and he can kind of relate to me because we're a lot closer in age than either of us are to you. Not to say I'm right, not, call, I know, I'm not, get, I'm not get, calling yeah. you old, <laughs> but I'm just you but know. There is a good twenty-year generation difference in our age. Exactly. You grew up in what I would argue was the greatest decade of the twenty. Not okay, not the greatest decade, but one of the most interesting decades of the twentieth century. There's lots, lots of stuff went on in the eighties. The eighties was just awesome. The yeah. music, the hair, the style, the movies, the TV. Just, t- you know, just tell us what it was like growing up in the 80s. Well, it, uh, it was pretty awesome. Like I said, you know, I you know, went to Asheville High School here, graduated in 88, and uh, had a lot of great kids here. You know, didn't have a lot of stuff going on. There wasn't, you know, uh, sort of like it is today. There's not a whole lot, you know, not a lot of, uh, everybody was kind of calm. You had your typical, you know, guys fighting over a girl or two girls fighting over a guy. and which I never saw, you know, I didn't think any one person was fighting over. If you want that, you know, if you want to date that person, go ahead. I don't give a rip, you know. Uh, but like I said, we had some great teachers. Um, we're, we're here uh, now. My, my four years in high school, uh, we actually eight through 12, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, I, I guess eight through 12 is still here at the high school or nine through 12. Okay. Well, when I was in high school, the middle school had fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. Of course, the it was the Ruben Yancey school because they didn't, the middle school that's in the parking lot now is not wasn't there then. So you went right. to a different middle school. Yeah, you had to go to the one on, on Ruben Yancey. It was fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, and then when you got in eighth grade, you went to the high school. Right. And I saw us here, so I so I you know it's a joke. Yeah, I went to high school five years, um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, but you know as, as far as you know the the five years I was in high school, I think we we had winning seasons in four, three of those years, and I was. Uh, had a lot of good things and it's it's weird because i went to high school at a time where and you know you've heard people talk about this but it's actually the truth you know you had cars and trucks in the parking lot and probably every other truck had a rifle in a, and a gun rack in the back right yep never had any school shootings never had anything going on well well we yeah, had one okay. because of that. <laughs> well, if, 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 okay so right. so for those of you that have that do live in an area similar to ours, you'll find this very humorous. And for those of you that don't understand any of the context that we're trying to lay down for you about the American South, especially in the late 20th century, this story is going to, you will find this very interesting, maybe scary, maybe funny. But go ahead and tell them that story about Coach McCall. Coach McCall. And for those of you that went to high school with me or about the same age, you know what story I'm about to tell. Now, this actually happened at the middle school. Yes. Uh, I was in seventh grade. Uh, we're sitting in class. and so I was, 1984? Is, no, 84. It's probably 82, 83. Well, 83, 83. The 83, 84 school year was my eighth grade year over here. So, so 82, 83 school yeah. year. Uh, and uh, we're sitting in class. And I was sitting heard this loud gunshot noise. <laughs> and what? The, and and for those of you that are familiar with Ruben Yankee Middle School, the classrooms were very close proximity. As far as that, there was a lot of echoing, so anything that happened in that gym, you could hear it through the hallway. 
Uh, so come to find out that Coach McCall was doing a safety or gun or, or course, a teaching class on gun safety. Hey, wait, he was teaching a gun safety course. Yeah, and I don't remember in school. Yeah, and and, and at the time, <laughs> and and in his defense, I think it was required by the state of Alabama. I, and I may be wrong on that, but it, but it, but he there was a reason he had to teach it. Um, Again, Southern America. Yeah, and where were they? Where were they having it at? Yeah, in the gym. It was. Oh, it was it, in the gym. It, okay. it was. And it seemed like, if I remember it correctly, it was PE class. Okay. Because that, yeah. that was that was a, and maybe it's something he just decided to do on his own. I, I don't remember, but anyway, he had the gun, was holding it, and I'm, and if he was standing up in front of the class, and he had the gun pointed away from the kids, but he had it pointed toward the wall, and somehow, and and he thought we all thought the gun was unlo- was un- was not loaded, but it went off. And shot a hole in the concrete wall. <laughs> oh no! So I've never, I've never heard this story. So his nickname from that point forward was Shoot 'em Up McCall. <laughs> oh no! Shoot 'em Up McCall. Shoot 'em Up McCall. But I'll say this: I would rather him shoot me than paddle me, because I've gotten paddled by him. And buddy, that jugger have an arm on him. Hey, it's like Cam Newton striking back and throwing a pass, and then I mean he. he, he, he I was lit up like the 4th of July. <laughs> so did we continue to have this class much longer after he did that? I think that was it. Um, and, and, and now, okay, so you just made a reference right there to something that really isn't in education anymore either. Right. And that's paddling. Yeah. You know, paddling for the most part has been taken out of the schools. They're, at Asheville High School, we've only had one paddling, I think, a year on average the past five years. We've had one this year. I don't think we're going to have another one, mostly because we're not going to have school anymore. But, you know, I've been paddled. Really? I was paddled. Who paddled? Nick Wilson. Uh, paddled. I was paddled. I was paddled in the third grade by my third grade teacher, Miss Donaldson. And she lit me up. And then when I got home, my dad lit me up and my mama lit me up. So, but obviously you were paddled, Brandon. Uh, yeah. You were, oh, yes, we're all in the paddle club. Yes. Uh, more than once <laughs> definitely more than once were you just paddled once kevin grades one through 12 i was paddled probably about five times maybe oh wow got paddled, hey i got paddled on the first day of my first grade year very first day of school got paddled what did you do um <laughs> very first day of school very first day of school this was and for reference this was back when kindergarten yeah, didn't yeah. exist so first right. grade is technically i'm just gonna go and say this and you edit out whatever you feel like you need to <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> there was a kid in our class that we're real good friends now, and I always liked the kid. He was Asian. Oh no! And I asked him to teach me kung fu. Oh my God! Well, <laughs> Kevin. Well, you wanted to know. <laughs> he got upset, and ironically, the teacher hey, the 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 teacher that paddled me is a very respected lady. Um, in the community today, and and her grandchildren, a couple of them wrestle for Asheville High School. But anyway, I'm just gonna leave it leave it at that. I think you know who I'm talking about. So did this? I kid still, get, I love her to death. Did so. this kid get offended? No, or, I think. Or I, did the I, teacher hear I, I, you? I think she heard me say it. So okay, because like I said, we because to tell you how good friends we were, this kid moved away okay. in second grade, mm-hmm. and I was home. It's sick at home with some kind of bronchitis or strip. He came to my house. His parents brought him to my house for to tell me goodbye. So we were real good friends. Lost contact with each other till Facebook about eight or nine years ago, and we still talk today. He's stationed. Uh, in fact, he's a. I don't know if you heard me talk about. I, I have friends that that message me. You have friends. Yeah, I know in low places. 
uh, low altitude in Hawaii, literally in low places. Um, he messaged me during football season to, to ask me how Asheville did in football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, I'll tell him, and, of course, you know, uh, he still keeps up with Asheville. He, he ended up graduating from Hewitt Trustful. Okay, But gotcha. he still keeps up with from Asheville and everything going on, so. Gotcha. So. So, first grade. <laughs> it didn't start off really well. No, I mean, okay. What was the reason she paddled you? I mean, just for saying that to him, or, or? I think. Well, I, I there were several things I did that day. Uh, that, <laughs> okay, well, I was okay. about to say it was just. Yeah. I think it was just really a combination, the, of, especially during that yeah. time. I mean, you're still a first grader. You're not really yeah, trying to yeah, be. Yeah, you're just asking them questions. Well, there was an issue of, uh, and I know this is going to probably shock some, but, but keeping quiet in class. No, not so, you. So that was that was one of that one thing alone. I don't think got me in trouble, but I think it was a correlation of several issues. So that that and asking her to pull the gristle part on my ham sandwich so I could eat it. <laughs> okay, so I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, I was an obnoxious little kid. Oh, we know. Um, so <laughs> tell us though about. I, I think that's a good kind of segue into, you know, the teachers. What what were your favorite teachers like, and what were your least favorite teachers like? I didn't really have a least favorite teacher because uh, well, I got along with all of them because we all had a lot of good teachers here back then. I mean, and these you know these were the kind of teachers that you know would stay at a school twenty twenty five years. Uh, now we did I did have a reading teacher in first grade that I I did not like her style of discipline. She would make you hold your hand out. And she would pop you on the hand with a ruler, like uh, in the movies. Yes, like from the somebody from the forties or the fifties yeah. would do. And yeah. uh, and, that, and I and I'd I got seen, that too. You uh, got you got that? Oh yeah. Are you what? Mm-hmm. When'd you graduate? Oh oh two two. Yeah, you're talking about wow. Um, you would have been mid nineties when I got that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Were you in middle school or? I was in elementary, elementary school. Yeah, <laughs> I was in college by then. But anyway, who who? So who did it to you? Her name was Miss Whitehurst. Miss Whitehurst. And, uh, she was in her 60s probably, or fi- late 50s probably then, so I'm sure she's been well. Can you not say who, who it was? Can't. You can't say? No. Cause are they, they still? Do they you go to church still? with us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I know who they you're talking about. They go to church about. with us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, another aspect of living in a small town, <laughs> yeah. folks. Um, but, uh, can't yeah, but, go there, Nick. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I you can tell me once we're done. Yeah, yeah. I can honestly say I never really had a bad teacher or, or had one that I didn't like. Uh and that was one that I always respected really well. I had, I had a couple that uh, that that not only taught me but taught my mom and dad. Yeah. Like James Countryman, and a, and a lot of I think she's still alive today. Her name was Annie Laura Sullivan, and buddy, she could paddle. I mean, she fired up like she had an ex like a, like she thought I was her ex husband and just hit me in the rear. Just you know, I mean, so, she she had she could play for the Braves. Well, it's interesting you say that because I don't think I ever had a teacher that taught my parents. Now I did have teachers that went to school with my parents yeah. that knew my parents yeah. not as that knew my parents as peers, yeah. not necessarily. I get that because because when I was a, a, a your dad was a senior when I was in eighth grade. Yes, and he yes. and he graduated with a couple of my cousins, so I kind of knew a him. Yeah, my dad graduated the year that Brandon was born. Yeah, kind of surprised me they didn't have nobody, you know, while your parents were in school, Nick, that when you got to school, kind of yeah, w- most, taught them because I'm here at the high school for sure. Mm-hmm. We've still got um, teachers here that taught me, of course. Absolutely. You know, now, you've been, been graduated out. 18 years. Yeah. You've been out 32. 
see, 32 in May, right? 30, yeah, 32, the 32 years this month, or next May, month, May. Yeah, so. I've been out May of 2014, so I've been out six years this May. Woo! So, yeah, long time. <laughs> yeah. And I was part of the first graduating class that graduated on the football field. So that's very interesting because there's a there's a whole story behind that. You know, our football field here in our, in our small town, the football field that we had prior, you know, in any small town environment, I think football and sports in general is a huge unifying event and factor for a lot of people. For the community. Yeah. For the, it's just, yeah, for the community. It's a community event. On a Friday night, you go to a football game, 80% of the town's there. And the 20% that's not, they're either sick, injured, or out of town, right? So going from the old stadium to the new stadium, what was that like? Uh, it was a unique transition because, obviously, you know, the old stadium was off campus. So, like, being in the band, um, we uh, didn't meet at the school and right over in the bus. We, just, we were just told to be at the stadium at – uh, the game started at seven o'clock. I think we were told to be at the the, the be there no later than uh, six five thirty six. Just you know, because we would get in a little semi semi arc like you see the band do now, and warm up, and then we would march into the stadium at, at some point. Um, now the football team they had you know they had dressing rooms at the, the uh, at the at the uh, stadium, and I don't remember if they I don't think they bust over from the school. I'm I, I don't remember. They just met there. Yeah, too. I think I think they just. I'm not real sure about that because because uh, Coach Farmer was pretty strict about a lot of things, and it seemed like I remember them. Coach Farmer being the head football coach at the time. Yeah, Raymond Farmer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, not Brandon Farmer, but yeah, yeah, uh, different Farmer. Yeah, different Farmer. So, uh, but then in 1985 was the first game, the stadium at at the uh, uh, the new field, and some of it I thought it had not been const- was not in full fully constructed yet. I think there was some issue. I think the Maybe the visitor side wasn't ready, I, I, and I know, I know the, the field, field house wasn't ready. The field so house was it was another ready, year yeah. or two away, uh, but they uh, they just they you know they dressed in the gym and the the, the visitors dressed in the the what would used to be the old uh, uh, actually the, the basketball locker room that's what they what they where they dressed. So, uh, but that was but but back then though that stadium was top of the line, sort of like what Piedmont Stadium is now. Because a lot of schools didn't have a track around the field, and they didn't have a wide press box like we had, and I think Raglan and a couple other schools' stadiums were modeled after what they did up here. I know a lot of a lot of local school stadiums. I know Odenville's, Springville's, and Raglan's were modeled after Asheville's. So that's I don't know about Odenville's because I, I I think uh, Soldier Field is about as old as that stadium at Odenville. Uh, is it? Is it? Yeah, that oh old? yeah! Oh yeah! Hey, when I marched on that the stadium at Odenville has now, I was marching on it in the eighties, and it was thirty years old then. Wow! So that's really so. Old. So that's mm-hmm. you know, not trying to be an advocate, but if there's any if there's any county in a school that needs a stadium, build next is St. Clair County High School. Well, they they just got a new home side, yeah. So and a new press box. Oh yeah. Uh, but tell us, kind of go through your typical Friday night, I guess, as a as a band student at, at well, Asheville. Can we? Can we? rewind just a little bit sure what's up i wanted to ask kevin like musical wise where did you get that from on like your mom's side dad's side of the family playing the saxophone i mean anything like i mean where did it kind of come from you just kind of picked up on it on your own type thing i love my mom and dad to death but there's no musical talent on either side of that family okay uh and, and you know uh 
when if my dad sang in church, at church split. Um, <laughs> my musical thing. This is going to sound kind of crazy, uh, and I'm probably embarrassed to even tell this, but I never even thought about being in the band. Never was an issue. There was a couple of things on TV and mute and radio that I was I was with me and my mom were, were she we used to go get she, every Saturday we'd get groceries over at Burton's over there. Yeah. We're coming back home and of course I flip it over to one oh three point seven, which everybody knew then was the Southern Super Giant Q one oh four. And they had Rick James Super Freak playing on the air. And that saxophone solo just, you know and of course there is a lyric in the song where rick james goes she likes the boys in the band and i thought it was pretty yeah. cool and then i heard the saxophone and my mom was like she, and and she goes, she goes you gotta learn how to play that song like that play the saxophone i think she made a suggestion because about the same time during the 80s kenny g was starting to who's a hero of yours yeah, well i mean i won't say hero but you know because you got people like nick saban that's alive but anyway oh um gosh. i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he was he was somebody that I I didn't take into appreciation them then as I do now because mm-hmm. I just because you know because I was I was a teenager like ah mother she likes this mushy music I don't want to play that stuff and then uh, of course also too I joined the band because I realized hey you could get into the ball games free and and you go every ball game so that yeah. was another thing that 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 uh that led to me joining in the band and actually my the saxophone wasn't my first choice I wanted to play the drums. I always liked the drums because I always I was always kind of banging and just kind of just piddling around on on a table like I was yeah. banging the drum. And I think mom and I got tired tired of hearing that. Maybe was another reason I think she suggested the saxophone. So, and it's so weird because they would try, when I was when I was growing up when uh, last couple years of school, uh, once I was in the high school band, they had tried to get me to play at church and I didn't I was, I was too shy I didn't want to do it. Like I'm not getting up there and doing that. But once I graduated high school, and, and I don't want to jump ahead of what y'all were playing here, but once I got out of high school and was in the band at, at Gadsden State, that kind of led to me. To play. That's why I was wondering, yeah. because you, you said you were a yeah. drum major for, what, two years? Is that right? Yeah, I went, yeah I, well, there's some, I, I went up for drum major because I got tired of marching. So, uh, <laughs> so I was like, man, it's marching. It's, it's killing me. So I thought, you know, plus two, you know, I and uh, we had a former had two former drum majors, Kevin Hathcock and Amy Cox, that did really really good job as, as far as leading the band, and, and I saw how they performed. And I thought that'd be something I might want to like to try. So uh, and uh, and that's kind of where it kind of started from there. Now, Friday night, kind of just take us through what what you did and, and you asked what, me that what, earlier and i think i chased a rabbit there what but. you enjoyed well brandon had it brandon oh, okay. had a quick question but but just kind of take us through friday well, night typical friday night now this is and this what is, you enjoyed most about it um uh, hanging out with friends having fun uh and like i said we were, were we had pretty good football teams when i went to school so uh it was you know of course once we got this stadium here the band room was on campus and uh, they which is what a lot of people when I was in school, the band room is where the wrestling room is now, where, where the wrestlers, uh, and it's a visitor's locker room for football. That was our band room. We meet in there, warm up, then march in the stadium. Uh, and, of course, you know, a lot of things about the band that people didn't know. We, you know, the band doesn't play a whole lot in the first half because they want to save their lips and everything for the halftime show. And we have the tendency to more play more in the second half at the time than we did, you know, the first half. But, uh, uh, but like I said, we... Met a lot, met, you know, got to meet kids from other schools. Like, so if we're playing, because we played Ohatchee every year, I got to know a lot of people from Ohatchee. Um, and it's, uh, you know, like I said, there was situations where, you know, just 
just just seeing friends from you know that that weren't in band they would come and hang out and sit by the band and support the band so we always you know so it was uh and we you know, of course you know cheerleaders were out there supporting the football team so it was it was a good environment so what was your what's your best memory about being in the band back then uh band related or non or anything overall band related band related um well, I, I, I won't say if you say it's my best memory, but I, the, the, but this one that sticks out the most. Uh, we went to my my senior year. We went to a band competition at Childersburg High School, um, and I get up to uh, we're, we're on the field about to, to, to enter the field, and uh, we're sitting up there, and I, I get up there, and I, they uh, you know the judges in the press box. That, that they have judges that, that just as the, they judge the drum major, the majorettes, color guard. Well, we get up there and I did my salute and I get up on the podium to direct the band and I hear the PA announcer say, Ashley, will you please hold your show for just a second? So we're all standing at attention and I'm starting to sweat because this is the, you know, one thing they mark off for band competitions is, is if you move. And I'm sitting there doing this number. And my hands are up in the air. And, you know, my shoulders are starting to get, get kill on me. And uh, but what had happened? The 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 one of the judges, uh, their tape that back then everybody they they recorded the ju- the comments on a tape recorder, and the tape had wound up, and they had to go find some more tapes <laughs> to uh, to do that. But the thing that I remember most about that, my father, which we mentioned earlier, he's sitting in the stands. He turns a Coca Cola up. There's a yellow jacket around the lid that <laughs> oh, he does no. not see. Stings him on the tongue, which supposedly I've been told, but found out later that that was close to being deadly. If it stings you on the tongue, so they've got him on the stretcher <laughs> over there. Paramedic, I'm nowhere. I have no clue because I'm in the dressing room because cha- we've already performed and I'm changing clothes to get into my street clothes so we can sit in the stands. I've got no clue that this is going on. While he's on the stretcher, they got his blood. They're checking his blood pressure. You know, he's turning eight shades of white. And usually that has a high tolerance of pain, but this put him on the on the on the the floor there while he's doing that the pa announcer goes with the owner of a 1974 brown ltd please report to your vehicle somebody's backed into it mom and dad's car somebody backed into it (laughs) oh my goodness about three thousand dollars worth of damage Woo god back then yeah back then wow and uh, hey this this car was like an army tank I mean, if you Ford LTD, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the you know, remember the 1970 cop shows? Yeah, that was every was FBI it. agent yeah. in the 70s and 80s yeah. drove a Ford LTD. So, so you had that happen. Of course, ended up I ended up getting uh, the the band we got. I think we got all ones that day. I got a one, and I think out of ten drum majors, I think I finished fourth out of ten in that, that the category that we, they they ranked them. But uh, and then afterwards, forty percent. Yeah. So <laughs> after so a, after the contest, um. We went to tour, uh, was it DeSoto Caverns? That's over there. And we, we toured that, so made a whole day of it. We were home by like six or seven o'clock, but that was just to say they, mom and dad had an adventurous day that day. And I don't even think they saw sounds them on the like field. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, so, it sounds like it. Your dad so, almost died, and their car was yeah. severely damaged. And Th- see, things happen to us that don't happen to normal people. Well, you're not normal. Ah, uh, well, I guess evidently so. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, but, uh, but Brandon and I, you know. We talk a lot on this podcast about being, it's a common theme, just growing up in the South and that kind of thing. In high school, what kind of, you've already kind of mentioned it. There might be another example of this, but you said, you know, everybody, almost every truck out in the parking lot had a gun. Yeah. 
Right. And not every school had a Mr. Hill either as ag teacher. Which is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, just kind of tell us some stories about the southernness and the small town vibe that just exuded or, or came from this place when you well, were Well, um, my senior year, the Shell Station that's currently there now. In in downtown Asheville. Yeah. For years it's been, and I think it, to this day some people still call it the new store. And it's been there for 33, 32 years. Uh, it's gone through several different owners, but, you know, uh, and Geraldo Rivera, Rivera has come to Asheville to visit. And that was Brandon, your dad. I know. Your dad. I know. Your dad has a picture with Geraldo. I know. But it's not with Geraldo. Yeah, it looks like a creeper behind him. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so. Brandon's dad. Who, we've got to have your dad on the podcast. But Brandon's dad, Mickey. Creeper slash stalker, or whatever this, you want to call it's it. this Polaroid. I think it's a Polaroid. Anyway, he's just standing there, and Geraldo is talking to somebody else. And your dad is just kind of standing next to Geraldo and just standing there and just smiling at the I camera. And Geraldo doesn't even know the picture's being taken, but no. <laughs> he's just standing there. And, what, and what's so funny is that the, uh, Geraldo came to do a story on a murder trial at the St. Clair County Court. They had made nationwide news. Uh, so Geraldo decided just to stop in at Pasquale's, which was on the square at that yeah, time. Yeah, at the time. And, of course, this would have been a perfect time for cell phones and text capability to have been, been back then because the, the girl I was dating at the time decided she wanted to go shopping. So, you know, being the good boyfriend, we went shopping that afternoon. Meanwhile, Geraldo shows up, and everybody who's everybody's at the Pasquale's. And, of course, I'm not there. I, you know, I, I missed, you know, I found out when I get back and get home later, oh, you missed it. Geraldo's ass. Really? Really? How did you find You know, that would have been nice to have known that because that would have been a, you know, a, a But, again, that was before – yeah, mask. Well, not mass communication, but that was before wireless communication. Yeah. Thanks, technology, for being late to the show on that. Exactly. So, um, uh, any any other cool stories? I, yeah, there there's several. And I'm trying to remember. It's like one of those deals where if you if you hadn't asked me, I couldn't. You know, I could have told you. Uh, we had lots of. Uh, um, well, I will say this. Uh, I know this is kind of a more to do with me than it does. You know, like we're talking about how I was in band, I was a drum major. I got tired. My shoulders got real weak and tired from, from, from you know, swinging and direct counting off the time. Well, we had an assistant coach here who um, we were talking one day, and uh, he had set me up with a weight program to lift weights to, to get my shoulders stronger. Uh, and that worked. And, of course, of course, I know some people can't tell it now, but, but I still work out to this day because of him. And, of course, that was Bill Clark. And, the infamous uh, Bill Clark. The infamous Bill Clark, head coach at UAB. Uh, so, uh, in fact, you know, it's so weird because we would, we, you know, we we got to know each other because our band director was not. He knew football, but he didn't think about little things like when the offense has the ball, the band doesn't need to be playing to because be they can't hear the signals. Mm -hmm. So, Coach Clark come up to me and and me knowing football, not like I do now, but but I but it, it made sense. And I said, and he, and he asked me, was, hey, do you think the the band can only play when we're on defense? Because when we got, you know, I said, yeah, we can. I said, we can, you know. Cause, we make that happen. Yeah, because back then there were several stadiums that we played at where the, 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 the bleachers were right up on the, the fence. And when the band played, I mean, it was, it, you know, you could. Deafening. Yeah. Now, like at our stadium, it wasn't that big a deal because the, the, the stadium was, the, the bleachers were far away from separate track. Yeah, yeah, track. So, uh, but like, like I remember one particular case at Susan Moore. The bleachers there on the Vista side are right up on the, or, or, or um, 
Yeah, Susan Moore in uh, West End, I believe. Susan is Moore that way, West End yeah. that way. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Bill Clark, just just little things like that. Um, um, but and uh, there was an issue, um, and I don't want to name names because I don't because this because I don't want to put the person that that did this on, on make them feel uncomfortable. We did have a situation where we had a teacher that a couple students did not like, and they. Uh, sprayed loss on their coffee whoa <laughs> yeah hey now and well teacher comes back in the room and she was going to turn up the coffee mug and one of the students finally said hey now i wasn't in the room when this happened but uh the kid got expelled he got kicked out of Asheville. really yeah so who was the principal uh, mr your ken logan yeah. the one and yeah. the only the ken logan they broke the mold when they made him when they made him so Ken Logan's kind of like a he's a big deal around here. Yeah. Oh yeah. What would you describe Ken Logan as if for people that don't know Asheville or don't know? Disciplinarian and he was he 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 was about tough love, but just like in today's society with the law, if you do what you're supposed to do, he ain't gonna mess with you. Now we did have one situation where it was on the school bus, we had this one obnoxious kid that like just just like to, you know, pick on people like thumb people in the ear and that kind of thing. This kid popped me in the ear so I turned around and I popped him in the head. Well, I guess I popped him too hard, and the school bus driver saw it. So she went and got Mr. Logan, and Mr. Logan, you, you know, he didn't call the other kid off the bus. I, I, it's just like in football, you know, when one player hits another one, the one that ret- one that retaliates is the one that gets caught. Right. Well, he calls me off the bus. Says, "Mr. Moore, would you please come here?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And and what and you know, I told him what happened. And uh, he pulled the other kid off the bus, and the other kid said, I hit him first. He goes, Mr. Moore, sorry to bother you. You get back on the bus. And he was just as smiling, just as, just as you know. And uh, and he, he, he didn't have a problem if you were, if you were, if somebody was messing with you in school or if you, if, or if you were instigated against, he had no problem if you fired back. At least in my, that my experience. So, what, uh, who would you compare him to? Like a national public figure? Oh, uh, hmm. I would have to say probably John Wayne. <laughs> so I mean from a from yeah. a from a toughness, yeah. old school the respect. Duke. Yeah, yeah, the Duke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, I didn't. You know, I didn't. He was intimidating, of course, and you know, there was always this rumor that the, a myth that he had electric paddle in his office, and that that you didn't want to get called in there because if you got called in his office, there was a chance you getting paddled by an electric paddle. And of course, you know, of course, being eighth, ninth grade, you know, we, we all scared to death. We didn't want, you know, but of course, by the time we were senior, we kind of figured out how you ain't got an electric paddle in there. That's how does, how does that work? I, that's I don't know. I don't is, know. It, is it like a cattle prod? <laughs> Shock you? Well, we or didn't want to find just, out. You know, but there were several that want. Uh, there were several I went to, uh, that I graduated. With, I guess they wanted to see what they wanted to try and see if that electric paddle existed. They spent more time in the office than some of the teachers did. Ooh, ooh, that's yeah. rough. Brandon listening to kind of what kevin's talked about how does how does his experience growing up in Asheville kind of maybe compare to what you experienced growing up in Asheville as a small town yeah i would say a lot of the a lot of the things are the same things he's he pretty much grew up with i mean we all you know now the gun thing is amazing to me because you're talking about so kevin graduated in 88 mm-hmm. i graduated in 02 and I, I during that span of time i don't remember anybody bringing any type of gun to uh school it probably happened but you know if if it was found out about it would be uh you know 
We had another incident that involved a gun that I told you earlier. Yeah, go ahead and tell tell that story. We had these two individuals. Uh, they either wanted to trade pellet pistols or wanted to buy one from another kid. So they brought it into class in a duffel bag. Nobody was known the wiser. The duffel bag is sitting on the desk, and you know how some of these desks have an angle? It sl- the duffel bag slid off from the floor and hit the ground. When it did, it went off. Now, it didn't make a noise because it was a pellet gun. And it hit this girl in the back of the leg, like, like around her heel. And she's like, ow. And uh, and the the kid who had the, you know, to avoid getting in trouble, was like, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit you. Or, I mean, he made up some, you know, I bumped you with my foot or whatever. Well, this was toward the end of the day. And she was leaving, I think, getting out of class. And if I'm, she was either headed to the bus or already got on the bus. And she felt she her foot was slipping up and down because it was wet inside. And she thought she'd stepped in water, but it was blood. She was bleeding. And I don't know how it got to that point without her not knowing it. She got shot with a pellet gun. Pe- with a pellet gun. Uh, but like, a, and I don't remember what happened to the two. I think the boys got. I think they got. I think they got it suspended for three days. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but it w- but it wasn't blown in proportion like it would have been nowadays. I mean, now right. it'd be Fox News or CNN been been like, well, hey, you know, Asheville High School got a got a shooter on campus. It's, oh yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's really it's really interesting that you talk about all that because I know of kids that brought guns to school yeah. when I was in school. Were they were they allowed? No. If you know, yeah, that's why I'm saying it. They were brought. If those kids you know, got caught, oh, they were going to jail. Yeah, the, the, the cops were being called and they were going to jail. It was, it was one of those things where you know they'd go hunting in the morning, put the gun behind. They wouldn't put yeah. it on a gun rack, on the on their back window like most people do. They put it behind the seat and hide it and put stuff over it, and that way nobody could see. But that there were definitely that's, weapons on campus. That's, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I graduated in twenty fourteen. Well, there, there were several times where I brought a, I had a little pocket knife I had in my pocket because and this and of course. You know, it got to where, you know, a lot of kids, you know, a lot of boys that age had a pocket knife mm-hmm. for different reasons. And I and I had a little, and it was a little, I mean, it wasn't even maybe maybe five inches long. It was just, just, just enough to, I, I usually kept it with me because I would have my saxophone. Um, and there would be there would be times where I would have to take my pocket knife, the, I would, the, the, the musical notes on my horn, the pads would stick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would, you know, sneak off into a corner room in the band room and get my horn out get that knife pocket knife and of course you know if if i practiced at home like i was supposed to i would have noticed this but i didn't so the only time i noticed was when i would get my horn out and be playing i would be in the middle of class and i would take my horn back into the, the back room back there and get the little pocket knife out and kind of kind of separate the pad from the from where the place where it stuck to and uh but like i said you know a lot of us carried pocket knives back then because back then having pocket knife wasn't really considered a weapon now you'd get expelled. Yeah, that. unless right. you know, of course, some had switchblades, and that's a different story altogether. Yeah. Now, Nick asked a question a while ago about <clears throat> what's changed, um, or you know, what's kind of you know during the time when we went to high school or whatever. Uh, I know style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know. Yeah. What what, what I've what seen you, pictures of Kevin. In I high know what. School. Well, I haven't seen a, a ton of pictures, but what were you repping then? Were you? Uh, Dolce and Gabbana, Gucci, Hawaiian Prada. Hawaiian shirts. For some reason, the Hawaiian shirt with a with a with a wife beater under it was was Classic. kind of popular. Of course, I had a I've been known to, to sport a mullet or two. Back, back that was back when mullets were cool. 
Um, what what kind of shoes? I need, I need to know what kind of shoes. Um, just basic Nike, just you know, some had, Nike sneakers. Had, yeah, and had the had the, the uh, had sneakers. the members only jacket. Had the Izod shirts, golf shirts. Um, wow, that's some real. And and that was, and I can't remember. Late eighties. Yeah, of course I've been known to wear. I didn't wear. We couldn't wear them to school, but I I sported a few parachute pants, MC Hammer style. That okay. was. We've got to find a picture okay. of you wearing those. Well, there, I don't think I don't think there is one, but if there, I, because I because I, I think that was after my after my school years. I think I already graduated, but there might be something there. I don't know. See, Kevin was repping that, and we were kind of repping Abercrombie and Fish. American uh, Eagle yeah. was coming coming along during that time. So we were kind of. It's just so crazy to think about it, only in a ten year span, or just a little bit longer. Oh, Panama Jack. That's crazy. It's 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 also crazy. I know your dad's when I, probably got a couple Panama Jack shirts. Oh yeah, when I was in high school, it was oh God. I'm trying to think back. It was a lot of American Eagle stuff, a lot of. But see, that my generation was kind of the rise. It, it was the rise of the sports brands. It was you yeah. know everybody wore like a Nike T-shirt or a Under Armour Under Armour hoodies were huge when I was in high school. Everybody had an Under Armour uh, Under Armour hoodie. You know you had. Um, you had the nice jeans with the holes in them from American Eagle. You had the Nike tennis shoes. Uh, the uh, now it's kind of Adidas. A lot of kids have gone to Adidas, and styles kind of changed a little bit since I was in high school. But and you know, then you go into college, and at least where I went to college, style was even different there. You know, it was a whole different style language that you had to adapt to. So yeah, style is definitely. But there's something about that '80s look with all the colors and the. And the baggy clothes, it was just, I don't know. I should have brought my, um, I might have to bring it next, uh, let you see it sometime. It's, uh, we've all got, I guess they, uh, y'all have the book with a cover, it says memories. Mm-hmm. It's like a memory book that you use for your senior year. I've so I've got it at home. And, it, and of course, the girl I was dating at the time, she was very up to make sure that thing was kept updated. I mean, not just stuff with her, but just stuff, anything. Because I had a tendency to slack and let things go. And she wanted to make sure that was, you know, kept up to date. So she did a good job updating that book. Yeah, absolutely. I I would love to see that. I would love to <laughs> yeah, see because there are I know there are some pictures of me with a mullet in that. I'll, I'll have to find that. I think it's. I think it may be. I think it's at my house. I don't think my mom and dad, because of course my mom and dad have turned all my stuff into a story. You know, it, put it in storage. Yeah, it, they, they, it, it, and of course she's turned my, my room into a storage room. So it'd take eight years to find something. Probably especially haircuts too. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah. The haircuts. Ooh. I mean, but but not like. But I've then, seen like, your haircuts huh? back in high school. Hey, look. <laughs> Mine? Yes, I've seen pictures of you in high school. Okay. All right. All right. I've been around your family long. All right. Now. We'll have another conversation about that later. But <laughs> anyway. But I'm talking about from from when Kevin graduated, up in you know you had you had style of haircuts you had, um, as I was growing the weight line. Uh, I was about to say I, I see what the I was heck I was, is the weight line. Yeah, I, Nick don't even know what the weight line. I, I, had, a weight, weight I had a weight line. Did you have a weight? I line? I had a weight line. What oh is my god! Weight, weight line is from basically here, from above your ear, pretty much around your, uh, yeah. the top of your ear line. Ear. Uh, mine was yeah about above there it went all the way around the back. Right, we're all the way around the back. Wait, to the other side. What do you mean it went all the way around? Went all the way around. Uh huh. That part is cut down. The rest of it's kind of. So you're saying you had a like a Catholic monk bowl cut. <sighs> that kind of <laughs> is that in a what way. You're telling me in a, in a way, yes. 
Um, okay. Well, I can't say anything because I sported the southern, the southern, what they called the southern shag haircut. You know, where it's like just shaggy hair and you just flip it. Yeah. To one oh side. yeah, we had that oh, too. God. We definitely had that. We had the shaggy hair. Had the. No, you know. There we go. That quickly went out of style. Yeah. Okay. I know exactly which. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's it. Line. Well, I yeah, think that's. Yeah. I think, that's, wait. I think that's a girl. But anyway, <laughs> hang on. Let me. Let me change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, but for for, but, the, for those of you listening, he sh- he's got his phone out. He's showing me a picture. But on, like on, now, on Nick, phone. now in school, it's like, hey, whatever whatever flows, I'm gonna go with. Well, it's crazy. So, so right now, I've actually kind of shifted to it a little bit. It's of course, but I can't get a haircut now because of the coronavirus. But it's short in the back and on the sides, like almost a fade, and then you leave it long on top and really yeah. long in the front, and you kind of let it just do whatever. That's kind of the the style now. That's what's slowly come about. So, and yeah, see, it's, it's in, in, the, in the '90s, you know, you had this uh, new kids on the block. I don't, I won't, I don't say instinct because I don't think cause they were around then. But it was the new kids on the block. They yeah, had these little funky hairstyle, and you know, and all those guys. Were, hey, we're going. Was Mark Wal- what was Mark Wal- Wahlberg? Uh, involved in it wasn't uh, New Kids on the Block. It no, was, uh, he was with um, Mark. What, they were they were kind of around that jump same around. Time. Uh, yeah, the they song were, jump around. Yeah, they were jump around. Yeah, they were a fucky that, bunch. Whoever they were, but that uh, group. Um, now, now Wahlberg's uh, brother was in yeah. Donnie uh, New yeah. Kids. On, yes, yeah. New Kids on the Block. That, okay, that's who I'm thinking of. He was yeah. in New Kids on the Block. Okay, he was a real blue blood. <laughs> but Mark was in that other band. See, that was also a period yeah. of time where you kind of saw the rise of boy bands. Yeah, that's kind of because you had New Kids on the Block. Whatever right. band Mark Wahlberg was in, Menudo. Uh, then, <laughs> then you had really what a lot of people would consider the golden age of boy bands with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Now, which one were y'all? What do you mean, Bon Jovi? Who'd you side with? Yeah, Kevin. You talking about what, yeah, I'm talking the boy about bands. You, yeah. Oh man, because I know you listen to both, Brandon. Come on. Now, there You're was a, one. Now, now the Backstreet Boys had a couple of good tunes. I, I, cause yeah, I, I'm a person I like rhythm. No, that's Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what Britney are we? Doing? <laughs> I'm thinking Britney Spears. You know, God, he, did it, he did it again. <laughs> no, uh, what song am I thinking of? Um, I tell you, Backstreet's hey, back. That's what I'm thinking of. You know what the best album uh, NSYNC ever made? Their Christmas album. Yeah. See, that's what everybody says. I, just, I don't they, like it. Their Christmas album is phenomenal. You listen to that every year, don't you? Not every year. Or your dad does. Somebody in your family yeah, does. Yeah, but the... Um, I just, I can't get into it, man. I can't do it. Uh, you listen to it? Yes, I, I just... When I hear NSYNC, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to, to get a Christmassy feel from NSYNC. I'm going to like Andy, what was his name? Not Andy Andrews. Uh, 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 those classic 30s, 40s, and 50s singers. <laughs> right. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? You know who I'm talking about. I'm not that old. Oh, well, gosh. Uh, that's Andy, gonna, Andy, Andy. Uh, that's that's going to bother me. But anyway, about, no, I don't I don't listen to their Christmas look, album. Yeah, I don't I'm, listen to it every day either. I, will I was say, talking about their harmony in that album. It, it was pretty It was pretty. Andy good. Williams. Yeah, Sorry. I will say this, though. Andy Williams. Now, as far as music, now as far as contemporary Christian music, now you've got Mercy Me, you've got uh, Jeremy oh, Camp, you've got even go back fifteen years. You got Kevin Derryberry, you got Toby Mac, New Song, News Boys. Well, when I was in school, we had Stropper. 
I've never heard that of that. Striper. Yeah. I've never heard of them either. S-T-R-Y-P-E-R. They have one song that I can remember honestly. And talk about you know you know you know you talk about all the girl eighty the big the big hair these were guys with big hair strapper we had one, have to look that up and I think mate the the musical I think Carmen who's still a lot I mean he's been doing Christian music for thirty years I mean he was I think maybe back then but but you got all tons of contemporary artists but that then you didn't have nothing yeah. right except yeah. strapper strapper and maybe and, and, and I'm then not sure, too long after that DC talk yeah came along so. So before we wrap this thing up, because it's we're about to have to to wrap it up, we do. There's this part of our podcast at the end where we always make a recommendation to our our talker go home family out there, our peeps. And usually, I recommend like a movie or a TV show. Brandon recommend usually recommends some kind of food, just whatever yeah, you want to yeah. recommend. You know, it can be a music group, but if if you kind of want to think on that. We'll go ahead and make our recommendations. Okay. Um, Brandon, you you want to kick us off? You know, I I did a food the other the other ep- last episode. Didn't yeah, I? you did. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna do a drink this time. Is do that okay? It. Yeah. Dr Pepper cream soda. What? Yes. That exists. That it does. Right oh. now. Yeah. Cream soda. Any Dr. gas Pepper. station, any Dollar General, any Walmart. Yes, it existing. Hmm. I see. I've quit dark soda, so it's kind of it's, it's on the same level as as vanilla coke. It's that rich, smooth yes. kind of a taste. Yep. Say, I'm I gonna. Would recommend that. I, I would love, I would love to make that recommendation. Like, hey, go out and get a a coke cherry. Or and if you probably put that with this uh, with some vanilla ice cream in it, do a do a Dr do a Pepper. Cream soda float. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Float coke floats were awesome. Back. Oh, yeah. I, I'd go. Yeah, I'd go to my grandma's and she'd be like, "Hey, Nick, you want to you want a coke float?" She'd do like three or four scoops of vanilla ice cream in a cup, pour a nice coke in there. After we'd got done fishing, oh, man. man. Oh gosh, delicious. So that that would be my recommendation. On Where that. did you find that? Where'd you find huh? the doctor? Um, cream soda. Is that the gas station? I mean, uh, is, uh, I mean, I didn't I know the, new, the new store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, at the, the new store at the new store, baby. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, you, you got a, you got a wreck for us. I'm just, can't, I can't decide if I want to go with a food item or a TV show or a movie. Uh, well, actually, it's kind of I, now. It's, whether you go to church or not, uh, me and my wife had a chance to watch the movie. I still believe Friday nights. Mm-hmm. The story of Jeremy Camp. There you go. Uh, and I and I, I felt kind of bad because I I've, I've heard of Jeremy Camp, I mean I knew who I mean I've, I had my own certain types of music like like Chris Tomlin, and Travis Cotter. I don't know if you've heard of the, the yeah. So I, and see that's a lot of stuff we play at our church. So I kind of listen to a lot of those guys and see. And I've always liked Third Day, been a Third Day guy. Um, so Jeremy Camp, you know, it, being a saxophone player, I, sometimes he's an acoustic guitarist. I kind of tend to phase out because there's not a whole lot of re- I mean a whole lot of you know I like bass guitar. And uh, but I was not familiar with some of Jeremy's stuff until um, I watched the movie the other night, and I realized he's some. I was I knew some of the songs he sang, but the story of of how he got to where he is was was uh it's phenomenal. Was, yeah, yes, I, I had not realized that, and uh, so uh, so I'd recommend uh, it. Uh, I still believe it's on it's on demand. I think Netflix, Directv, and some other other. Yeah, we watched it on Amazon the other Yeah, night. we watched yeah. it Friday night, and I just I just really. I uh, really like that, and uh, the book that you just brought over here. I, I'm, yeah, 
So I had is to that, go get my recommendation because I happen to have it with me. So okay. my and and here's the thing that's really interesting. I saw you uh, post about yeah. that about the Jeremy, and it looks really yeah, really yeah. good. I'm I'm probably so gonna that, go uh, hold on, take hold on. on that recommendation. So your recommendation, the last couple of times or more, you've done um, a movie or a, a movie show. or, and, and now you're gonna make me look like a complete knucklehead. And what do you you're mean? Going, you're gonna bring this book in here, huh? Well, I don't know what this book is. I see the title of it, and, and it's it's. <laughs> I just did a drink. I just did a coke. <laughs> look, look Nick's gonna be all no, no. Look, okay, bringing a book. I feel bad because all I do, are, I'm, I just need to bring a book it up. to a podcast. I need to mix it up. You know, I yeah, need to mix right. it up. I need to. So, too. I find myself. I'm one of those people that I like to talk to other people about what they're reading. You know. A lot of people in the community, they're like, hey, take this book, take this book. I was with Brandon yesterday, went over to a guy's house and just to go get a book that he's loaned me that I, that I need to read. And so a lot of people are very generous with their literature and they, give, they loan to me or they give me to read. And this is a book that I just finished, given to me by a very good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Bobby Welch. He gave this book to me to read. It, it is called Gung Ho, G-U-N-G-H-O, exclamation point. Turn on the people in any organization written by Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles. And basically, it's it's only like, let me see how many pages. It's only like 185 pages. And it's really, really large print. It, it, I mean, y'all look at that. See, it's not even really a... Well, like I it, said, it's don't, not, don't it's not a hard read. Don't try to say that book's name while you got a Are there any pictures tone? in that book? There's no pictures in there. There's no, no, there's no pictures in, the, pictures in this book. There are, there are no pictures. and But here's the thing. It is a really powerful book because it tells you how to lead and motivate people that you're leading in an organization, but it doesn't do it by telling you you need to do X, Y, and Z. It does it through a story, and a true story, a very rich, powerful story about working together and getting to know people and just building relationships. And it's actually very emotional at certain points. It's got a really good story to it. It's almost like you could really turn it into a movie, almost. And uh, it's just a really unique book. I've never read a, a motivational book like this before. Actually, it's the first one I've ever read, and it's I thought it was going to be as dry as the Mojave Desert. But in all honesty, it was very entertaining, one of the more entertaining books I've, I've read, and I learned a lot from it. So go out there, guys, and look it up. It's, it's not expensive. Gung-ho, turn on the people in any organization. Ken Blanchard, Sheldon Bowles. It's, it's really interesting, and I, I highly recommend it. So I have to check that out. Yeah. So. But uh, before you sign off, I, w- I just want to get a closing comment that I appreciate you and Brandon having me on here because I was kind of shocked that when you when you told me today that that I was going to be the topic, which you know, like I said, it takes well, an epidemic we, of disease or virus for you know. How, I, my first thought was how, the, who were the first fifty people you asked before get for it came to well, me. <laughs> well, actually, I think Brandon, I talked to you about having Kevin on. I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. Something like that. When yeah. we started talking about getting season two together, and when we were looking at outlining episodes, I, I, I don't know why. I just wanted to have you on to kind of get your story, and so we really do appreciate you coming on. I mean, you didn't have to come on. We know well, that I you're appreciate because, like I said, I've got a lot. Of, I love Asheville High School, and got a lot of great kids here, and got a lot of great activities going on. And uh, and we've always, you know, uh, uh, there's been times where we've done great in athletics. Sometimes we haven't done so well, but I, and and. I hope in my lifetime, and I'm not saying this, you know, because you never know how things are going to go. I mean, I could die tomorrow. I could live to be a hundred, but um, 
I, I hope it's sometime one lifetime I'd like to see Asheville have a state championship in every sport at some point, especially football uh, or basketball. And not not to diminish the other sports or baseball because I'm good friends with Coach Hawk, so I need to need to throw that. And wrestling, I think we have a very good chance to do that next year. And I just I just feel like once we get over that hump, things are just going to start clicking like clockwork. Well, you know, for those listeners that that aren't from Asheville, I know that they feel the same way. But we we encourage everybody, you know. Make a pilgrimage to the great city of Asheville when we're not under quarantine. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't live in Asheville, but uh, who knows? It might be know, the safest place in the United States right now. Well, so that's true. That's true. And you know, I, I am writing a movie. I am actually serious about that. I'm I'm going to take. I don't have a lot of free time, but I have more free time than I did, and so I'm going to take that free time and and put it to good use and be creative. And this this movie that I'm writing, I'm not going to say much about it, but it does kind of lean on a lot of what we've talked about during this episode the small southern town kind of a thing i got the perfect name for that movie what is it from the back row because you're from the, oh god from the back row yeah because because you, you have a you, you have a uni- <laughs> no no you have a unique view because yeah because you're on the side what are you what are you talking about <laughs> no because you're on the sidelines for yes. football you're uh-huh. you're there at every sport you're on the sidelines and so you have a uh and when i say back row like because my, my collegiate years, I worked at a movie theater, and one of the best seats to have is from the back row, because that way you can see everything from the way well, from its true. perspective. So and, and so you get a, you get a uni- yeah. yeah you have a unique view of as far as when you're at Asheville Athletic Events or, or, or anything with Asheville High School, you always have a, a, a unique view from where you you know to to see the event. Well, and it's interesting you say that, but but all I, all I'm going to say is this movie is not going to be based in the 21st century. So this movie will be based in the 20th century. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, Brandon, you got anything else, brother? No, nah, man. And just my Dr. Pepper and my cream soda over here. All right. Just hey, enjoy out. that Dr. Pepper. I'm going to enjoy my book. <laughs> uh, oh, I've already enjoyed it. I'm done reading it. So, but, um, but anyway, and I've got another book that I'm going to be recommending at some point when I get done with it. It's over there too on the on the shelf. But again, Kevin, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Talk or go home. We we really do appreciate it. Kind of giving us an in-depth look at what it was like growing up in a small southern town in the '80s, and and kind of helping us reflect on where we are today in our lives. And that's that's really important. That's really what we're here to do with with this podcast. So, but Brandon, hey, you hey you, you can either do all the other stuff you want to, but at the end of the day, it's either talk. Go home!